Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. And so I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever had the glorious feeling of having heard someone speak highly of you when you weren't around? Or maybe you have been able to enjoy a good reputation in some area of your life. Well, if that has happened for you, congratulations. And if it has yet to happen to you, don't worry. Because what we're going to be doing today is we're going to be taking a look at what wisdom has to say and give us a few wisdom smacks to help us increase, update, and upgrade our characters. So I want to ask you, what's your character build? Stick with me. I'll see you on the flip. All right. Thank you so much for joining me on the flip. I do appreciate it and don't take it for granted. So with that being said, let's get into it. And what I want to first and foremost do is talk about when we talk about character, let's put a little boundary around this in the scope of what we're talking about, because we could go many different ways. But today, what we're going to be focusing on is we're going to be focusing on those characteristics and those defining qualities that when uh, accumulated and gathered up, they represent you. And so with character, it is, as my grandmother would like to say or teach, that character is who you are or who people say you are when you're not around. And so it always seemed to me that character was also that person that you had to work on that was never going to be uh, perfect that was always going to need some adjustments. And she also said something, my grandmother, that is, said something about character and other times when she would say, it's who you are when no one's looking as well. And so it's that advisor. It's that essence of you that when given the opportunity, you are your truest self. And I just want to let you know that there are ways that wisdom can help with our character bills to help us to be able to enjoy a life that has more benefits for our pleasure, for our excitement, our enlivenment, and even our legacy. And so it's important that we take time here and there to update, upgrade, and even I'll give you a few, uh, you know, loopholes and shortcuts here today, like we normally do, to be able to have that respect that good character brings. Okay. 
And so, as I said before, um, when we're thinking about character, it's that aggregate of features or traits that give us our individual nature. And as an author, I've had to become intimate with my understanding of character as I have to create it and take a concept and then put flesh and bones together in the form of a fictional character that's believable for people to enjoy and have empathy and sympathy with. And so along the way, I've, I've studied character actors. And one of the things that I really like about how character actors are in their different approaches to acting, you know, whatever school of thought they're in, is that they tend to focus on those marked peculiarities that stand out in a unique or memorable way. And because of that, I have started to pay more attention to what is that quality in me? And when I first started looking for it, guess what, you guys? I didn't find it. I didn't. And I wasn't sad about it. I was just like, wow, am I that boring? And so I didn't try to manufacture anything because that's not the way you want to do because that's not really character. That's more persona. Persona is that outward um, um, presentation, your representative, if you will, that you put out to the public. But no, character is that real essence of you. That's that person, like my grandmother said, you are when no one's looking. And so understanding that if I wanted to continue to work on character, that I needed to, to suss out what made me individually me. And I wish I could tell you that I have cracked the code. I have not, but I have started to assemble and uh, learn from wisdom, some insights. And so I want to share a few of them with you today. And so I want to just ask you, what tends to nourish your soul? And you'll know what your soul's nourishment is because it directly ties into building your character. And it's something that is almost insatiable, something that you find yourself doing all the time, even when you don't need to, when there is no compensation to be had, is what you tend to do. There are some people who they are defined, their character is defined by their artistry of creation. There are really some song uh, psalmists, if you want to call them that, uh, songstresses, and I don't know what you would call the guys, but there are people who are made to sing. That is part of who they are down to the ground. That's their character. There are others, they are defined by their movement and their ability to create emotion in you through their bodies. But then there are also people who are able to, by the very nature of who they are, cause you to question everything about yourself. They can be anything from prickly pears to inspirational, motivational gurus, but they cause you to have an emotional state change whenever you are under the influence of their voice or their presence. And on and on we could talk. But what if it doesn't stand out for you like that, like it was for me? Then we're going to be working on some stuff that will hopefully help whittle down a little bit more for you to be able to make sure you have a good and strong character build. And before I move away from this, when we're talking about what nourishes your soul, I'm going to say this, that as you do start consciously working and building on your character, you're going to have to understand that you got to 
feed your character with good things. And so it has been said that a strong character requires or needs strong nourishment. And this nourishment a lot of times is uh, fed through actions, denials, and self-management. Yeah. And that's the part I'm like, ah, but it is what it is. And we would do well to learn, you know, because there is really nothing new under the sun. And I've talked about in a previous podcast where um, Nail Ferguson talked about why is it that we deny uh, the obvious wisdom of our ancestors is basically what he was saying. But he, he said it like this. He said, you know, that are the dead, and he called them the dead. <laughs> he said the dead outnumber us 14 to 1, and yet and still we do not make good use of all their wisdom and knowledge. And there was another um, concept that I was looking at, and I forgot to write it down to give uh, proper attribution to what they were naming it. But the gist of it is this, and you already know this, but I'm going to go on and say it. And that is, for some reason, oh, it, it I, I do know what it is. It's a second uh, consequences. Let me make sure I, I say that right, because I do want to uh, give proper attribution to it, because it's a, it's a really good concept. But what it goes on to say, or not goes on to say, but what it, it, it postulates is that we have this need to do things in a, I found it, you guys, it's called Chester t- Chesterton's fence. Let me say that again. Chesterton's fence. And it's uh, called second order thinking. And I didn't know they had a name for it. I just knew I was taught it from my grandparents, but not using these terms. So with Chesterton's fence, it's a way of saying that we need to engage in second order thinking. And when I'm talking about second order thinking, This is a wisdom smack. So if you're making note of the shortcuts and all that I just said I was going to give you, here's the first one. And that is, if you want to upgrade or get a shortcut to strengthening your character, use second order thinking. Because what's going to happen is you're going to start to remember that people before you who have come before you are either just as smart, if not smarter, than you are to have lived an entire life and lived it in such a way that we can still benefit from what they did while they were here. In the modern era, they don't they didn't have all of the technological advances we have, and yet still the things that they did were so phenomenal that they echo throughout the future. And so wouldn't it be pretty good to just give them their propers and give them their respect. And so with this second order thinking, it's simply this. And the reason why they, they reference Chesterton's fence is because it's a um, a showing of how you ignore the ancestors. And I like my culture, we, we honor them. We call them the ancestors. But how if you ignore the ancestors' wisdom is to your detriment. And so with this Chesterton's fence, it, it postulates that there is a fence and Without context, it might be obstructing something that you want to do or the community that you're in wants to do. And so 
Instead of going and consulting history or consulting the annals or or any kind of documents that were left, main, you know, planning and all of that, you just say, okay, the fence has to come out. And you remove the fence. And because you did not consult that there must have been a good reason why people who came before you made the fence in the first place, you might not want to do that. And so it goes on to say that, of course, by removing the fence, then you open yourself up to detrimental um, side effects of having not heeded what others have done before you. And so that is how uh, you can start to build your character by not only going with what your thinking has, but asking why was something done before? Even if you find out that your ancestors did what they could with what they had and that you can do it better, you still get informed by doing this second order thinking. So why does it directly go to your character? Well, I'm glad you asked. And if you didn't, you should have, okay? And and the reason why I say that is because there is a mark of character. When you when we go back and y'all know, I you know I'm an etymology girl, so let's go there. So when we look at character, not the character symbols, but the actual character of a person, it actually still means to engrave. It means that it is a graphic representation of you uh, where you become intertwined and therefore you become the character and the character becomes you. And so around the mid 14th century, uh, it stood for a symbol marked or branded on the body. And then it went through a couple of centuries to land on um, in the Greek understanding, it became to land on being a defining quality, an individual feature. And it then morphed into, when we looked at the 17th century, moving on down, it was um, moral qualities assigned to a person by reputation. And so on and on, we can see that to have great character meant that you were marked. You were marked with some type of peculiarity that made you stand out. And usually those who were of great character or renowned character had great qualities. And one of the qualities that people attributed to great character back at this time was that people tended to give respect, honor, and study to their history, to what came before them. Prior to uh, uh, the 1800s and on, when industry and technology started to come in, a person had to go and sit under the tutelage of an elder, uh, which we would call a master craftsman or a sage, to uh, become worthy enough to do anything in their society. Seven years. Yeah seven years. And it was based on understanding your history, understanding the people who came before you. But then lo and behold, in the last two, 200 plus years, it seems that we have been going backward. And so I want to ask you, what is your character build? Are you a person who honors 
and takes the time to imbue your personage, your understanding with the wisdom that has come before you. Are you a person who is like, I'm going to just go and do it myself and, you know, I'll learn across, you know, along the way. And I'm not bashing school of hard knocks. You know, heck, I got a few diplomas from there myself. But what I am saying is, is in order to make use of all of the wisdom that helps you to have great character, great reputation and a lasting legacy and a, a better quality of life, wisdom wants you to know a few little things. So I'm going to actually start moving into the, the practical part of what I wanted to say about, you know, how, what is your character bill? So say, for instance, you're like, Michelle, no, I can't really say, you know, that I have engaged in second order thinking. And, you know, if I saw that fence, I'd knock it down, too. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to be talking right now about how to walk into uh, upgraded character. All right. And I want you to understand, uh, Miles Davis, the famous jazz musician, is noted as saying that it took it took him many years to finally play like himself. And so I want to just say it that it'll take you many years to act like yourself, but stick with it. And we go through trying to act like other people. We're influenced by other people. We even sometimes get into mimicry of other people. But you can and you should understand that if you stick with it, eventually wisdom is going to work with you and you're going to be able to start walking into your character. Now, the great comedian Dave Chappelle, he said something. He was doing a speech at a, a university and um, I saw a snippet of it and it was so powerful that I had to write down what he was saying. Now, this is a paraphrase. It's not his quote, but I didn't add anything to it. So if you'll permit me, I'm going to uh, talk to you about what he had to say about good and bad. And the reason why I wanted to bring this, because when we talk about character, we do meet, well, most people, the average person thinks about good qualities and bad qualities. We even have symbols of a little angel and a little devil on each side of our shoulders when we're talking about our character. And I was like, I think Dave Chappelle handled this the best. So let me stop yapping and get into what he said. So this is what he said. He said that it, when, it come, when it comes to ethics, meaning your character, okay, your morals, when it comes to ethics, intact, uh, excuse me, um, excuse me, when it comes to ethics, you can't try to replace the idea of good and bad with better or worse. He goes on to say, keep your ethics intact. Because good and bad are the compass that helps you find your way. When a person slips into only trying to do what is better or worse, then that person becomes one who is easily controlled. And I'm saying this slowly because I want you to keep up with what I'm saying because this is really powerful. He goes on to say, they are a mouse in a maze that is there just to find the cheese. But the one who knows that good and bad should be adhered to will realize that he's in a maze and can escape it. So there's a lot to unpack there. And I'm going to simply say that good and bad in our society um, is uh, no different than any other society. But we kind of are in this point where 
we want to put shades and complexions and degrees on it. And so when he was talking about replacing good and bad, bad uh, good and bad with better or worse, it immediately got me to thinking about another concept that I've talked about on a previous podcast about infinite and finite games. And so I wanted to re- revisit that because when I was looking at what he said, of course, a wisdom smack. I mean, it bowled me over. It was hard. It hit me. And wisdom was like, this is it. You can hopscotch, shortcut, and strengthen and update your character to be able to walk into it in a way that you never have before by understanding the th- the, these three little points that I'm about to make. So the first one is, remember that it is okay to be good or bad and instead of being acting better or worse. And the reason why is because Good and bad are stationary, definite points. Better or worse are gradients. They are subjective and they are personal. What you might think is better, somebody might think is worse. But we have a general consensus called society that this is good and this is bad. And so most people who have a centralized bell curve understanding of society can basically tell you, well, this is good or this is bad or this is neutral. But when you get into that better or that worse, that's when you get into problems. And I think he hit it on the head with regards to how to really start walking into your character. And he went on to couple what he was saying about sticking with good and bad instead of better and worse when he talked about him leaving his Chappelle show back in 2004, you know, and I was like, wow, this is 16 plus years ago. And he's still, you know, spouting out wisdom about what it took to do that. And so instead of looking at, is my situation worse than it was? He looked at it and he said, no, this is bad. And if it's bad, I got to go. And I was like, wow, lights, you know, popping on, laser pointed accuracy of, wow, that is how you really update your character. And so that's the point that I want to make on this one. And that is that instead of looking at what you're facing in relation to something else, put it to the litmus test of your of your of your North Stars. Is it good or is it bad? Period. And if it's good, then okay. If it's bad, then no way. And that will immediately help you to strengthen your character. You will become, your repute of who you are will be strengthened. And you will be, you'll be more clear on what are those marked peculiarities of you that make you stand out and be memorable and even have a legacy. Because he even set it up by saying, he says, he was like, I've done a lot, but most people remember remember me for what I didn't do. And it was just so profound how he presented it. So I hope you can sense how wisdom wants to work with you on that, because it's going to take you meditating and marinating on what it means to understand what is good and what is bad in your life and not try to negotiate well, is this better or is this worse? 
because you can negotiate anything. And therefore, like he said, when you start getting into that better or worse, you start becoming easily controlled and you start becoming nothing more than a mouse in a maze who's just there to find the cheese. And again, if you wake up, snap out of it and go back to here are the points in the sand. Here's the leftmost and here's the rightmost, good and bad. If it is bad, then no. If it is good, then yes. It makes things so much clearer. It seems so simple and yet and still here we are. Okay, so let me get to the infinite and finite games really quickly and um, then I'll let you go. So with now this, like I said, I've talked about this and it's a it's an actual book written by uh, James Carsey. I always say Carsey, but I think it's named Carse, and it's spelled C-A-R-S-E, James Carse. And he's a theologian and a professor who wrote this book back in the 19, oh, I, it's, I can't say off the top of my head, but it was uh, in t- the latter part of the 20th century. And with his finite and infinite game presentation, it was groundbreaking in that it helped people to get a better understanding, especially in the psychology world, of how we approach our lives and how we look at what is quality and not quality for our life and for our character. So real quick, an infinite game by Jane Carsey's definition is a game that continues to go on. It does not work by rules. It is not looking for a winner. There are no points. There are, and anybody can play it. So you don't have to agree to play it and be an opponent or any of that kind of stuff. You're simply, your goal is to extend the um, the play of the game for as long as possible. And the biggest um, type of infinite game that we know is life. And then it should be as we know, followed by relationship, namely marriage, as most people would like. But a lot of people play finite games when it comes to marriage. But I, that's another that's another, another podcast. So let's quickly talk about what a finite game is. Well, a finite game is what most people are familiar with. It is a game where there is a win- winner and a loser. A lot of times it has a zero-sum game attached to it, meaning that there is a winner and a loser. Somebody has to win and it has rules. And the thing is, is if you're playing a finite game, the only way you can be playing with other opponents or people in the game is if they agree and they understand the rules as well. And so with that, let's now get into some of the specifics about them. And I'm going to say that in your life, you're going to be playing both. So it's not where you can always play an infinite game or a finite game. There's going to be a mixture of both in your life. So let's talk about them. With regards to character, this is these are the points that I wanted to bring out. So with a finite game, meaning that there's a winner or a loser, points or whatever, uh, the focus is on the past. And the reason why the focus is on the past is because this is where your previous wins have happened. And what you do is you go back and you remember what you have won, all the spoils you have won to be able to buffer, support your understanding and your acceptance of your status, your wealth, and your place in society. And so finite games actually help us to define who we are in the eyes of society, reputation, and all of that, okay? So here are a few more things about finite games. So when we talk about finite games and and people playing a finite game, 
You need training. And the reason why you need training is so that you can be prepared to fight against any surprises so that you can win, right? And here uh, in the finite game, you train for understanding, working with, manipulating, and even bending the rules. Okay, so let me say that again. Finite uh, play has to deal with training and, and skill and rules. And then finite players need power. You need to be powerful so that you can surge forward and you can go to the end. If you're running a race, a marathon, you need some power to push forward at the end so that you can be the first to go through the ribbon. Okay. Um, And so with finite life games, they tend to be serious because somebody has to win and somebody has to lose and losing does not feel good. Let's just be honest about it. And so that's some of the attributes of the finite game. So repeating that, finite games tend to focus on remembering the past victories and and those types of things so that you can remember your status and you can continue to have a reputation. Um, Finite games require skillful training and they require powerful, uh, uh, powerful plays so that you can understand how to work either within the rules, bending the rules or, um, you know, overcoming the rules. And finite games tend to be serious because someone has to lose and some, I mean, someone has to lose and someone has to win. All right. But let's talk about uh, infinite games. So, Again, infinite games focus on the ongoing and they tend to focus on the future because they look at what is possible and they are concerned with positioning you to deal with upcoming challenges. All right. So when you're an infinite game player, you need education. So whereas the finite player is all about preparing their skills uh, through training, you are preparing information so that you can be prepared for the surprises. So instead of overcoming surprises uh, when when you're trying to win a game, when you are in an ongoing infinite game, you're learning to be educated so you can work with them. Work with the surprises. Become adaptable. And we've talked about adaptability. We've talked about skills training. We've talked about it all. Okay. And so here in the infinite game, you should become educated to adapt to the unknowns. And so with infinite players, instead of just looking for power to surge through to win, you need endurance to be able to play with a sustaining strength to keep the game going as long as possible because there is no end in sight. And so it has been said by Dr. Carsey that infinite life games are joyous because people get to keep living. Their goal is to keep living the best way possible. And so when you take what We've said about good and bad, and then you take the understanding of what you need to know from finite and infinite games, you'll start to understand that your character benefits by you being able to know how and when to play finite, to play infinite, when to know that this is good and this is bad. 
and how to understand that it might take some time. But as you continue to try to consciously work on your character build, you will get there. You will be able to walk into character. You will be able to say no when everybody else thinks that you're crazy because you're not working with better or worse. You're working with good and bad, finite and infinite. So guess what? Yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Don't forget to check the show notes. Uh, You can send me comments, questions, uh, things that you'd like for me to cover in in, uh, other podcasts. And this is a daily podcast. So guess what? I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.